0: relationship we have with ourselves is very much a mirror of the relationship you have with other people. So if you have kind of flaky relationships with other people, step into yourself. What's going on with you? How flaky are you with you, right? Are you showing up truly for yourself or are you a yes man or woman?
1: Hi, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of The Elevator Podcast which highlights positive female role models. Although in today's case, we're welcoming our first male guest to empower and inspire you to achieve your full potential. In this episode, we are joined by Rory Brown, behavior change specialist, qualified personal trainer and registered nutrition coach, helping individuals restore their relationship with mind, body and food. Having
2: worked in the health and fitness industry for over 10 years, with both recreational and professional athletes. And having struggled himself with disordered eating and body dysmorphia, Rory is passionate about raising awareness around mental health and empowering others to become their most authentic self. Today, we discuss Rory's personal journey through recovery, why being true to yourself is a form of self love, and how it can help others, particularly men, break free from their mental barriers to be truly connected to themselves and their emotions. So, Rory, and um, thank you so much for coming on and welcome back, I should say, because for the listeners,
0: we have <laughs> actually... done this before, haven't we? <laughs> uh, it's like a deja vu moment.
2: So we've actually recorded our first um, episode with Rory a while ago, and it was supposed to come out during the second season. But Teams decided that it didn't want to have Rory on the podcast. So it just deleted the files. So now we have to record it again. So we'll make sure we save it straight away after recording this time. Yeah, so very welcome back. How are you doing?
0: Yeah, well, I'm doing great. Thank you for for having me back. I don't remember much of what we spoke about in our last podcast, but I remember just having a lot of fun with you two. Uh, so it was really lovely when I heard back to be like, "We're so sorry. This episode, we don't know where it's gone. So if you can come back, that would be great." Uh, I've just come back from some travels in and around Mexico, which was incredible. And um, really adventurous, the first time I've properly gone backpacking, i e. just travelling for you know a long period of time with a rucksack with you know two or three pairs of pants, a couple of t-shirts. it's It's pretty hectic actually. And I went with uh, there was there were four of us, four guys all together, and we're all really close, which is lovely because I've never spent so much time with with four men. Uh, we slept together in a majority of places where we went in one room with two double beds. Everywhere we went was just big rooms and double beds. We'd, we'd, we wouldn't know what the sleeping arrangement would be until we'd get there. So you can imagine, right, we're like, fingers crossed, we'll have our own beds this time, we get there, and we're like, oh, balls, no, we're sharing again. So it was really as, as beautiful as the experience was. It was really lovely to come home and get into my own bed. I've never been so <laughs> grateful for that. Just lying down that evening that I got back and be like, my shoulders not touching my brother. You're like I am just, I'm just relaxed in my own bed. It's lovely. So, so yeah, Mexico was wicked. Uh, and then there's a lot of change going on at the moment. We've got a move coming on. I'm doing a load of studies at the moment, which I'll tell you guys about as the podcast goes on. And and then looking forward to my next lot of stint over in Spain, which is obviously where we, where we did our first podcast. So yeah, lots going on, but all exciting stuff.
1: That sounds all great. It also sounds like a great bonding experience you had in Mexico. For sure. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> so before we we dive a bit more um, into like what you do, would you mind just giving also a little bit of background information, like what do you do besides traveling, which sounds awesome. <laughs> mm.
0: I currently work with Rene McGregor and I work as a behavioral change specialist in an eating disorder clinic and I've been doing that now for the past three years and there's some background to this because in my late teens and early 20s I myself experienced an eating disorder. I went through a real battle with body dysmorphia, Binge eating disorder and bulimia, and having come full circle and gone through the recovery stages of that, my career at the time was in personal training, and I was finding it rather—it was unfulfilling—and I, I really wanted an opportunity to truly make an impact and to serve others. And I thought, well, hell, this journey that I've been on is crazy, and I'm a guy. And there's so much that I can draw out from this because I've suppressed so much of this along the way. I haven't told anyone or many people about the battles that I've been experiencing. Maybe this is an opportunity now for me to to retrain and to start getting involved in a world where I can work with other individuals to help them break free uh, and, and help people live the life that they wanna live. Because prior to my eating disorder, I was a right old happy chappy. I'd had a wicked time growing up, beautiful supporting family, I wanted to be an actor. I was loving school life. And then suddenly things things changed. And um, so we fast forward to now. I've been studying for the last, feels like forever, but but have loved every aspect of it. So aspects of psychology, psychotherapy, NLP, childhood trauma studies, uh, loads of work in Eastern principles around yoga, breath work, qigong, tai chi, and and amalgamated the learnings from the East and the West to... Create the way that I now work as a as a behavior change specialist. So yeah, that's where we're up to so far.
2: That's awesome, and it's so great to hear that you know you're feeling confident now to open up about your past struggles because I think like a lot of men sort of suppress that. Mm-hmm. You know, I was looking at these figures from the NHS, and it's like only thirty percent of referrals for like mental health, like talking therapies, are for men, and it's like it shouldn't be the way because I'm pretty sure loads of men suffer from you know mental health issues and actually suicide most of the suicides in the uk are are men um absolutely yeah
0: so it's great that you're sort let me, of doing let work. Me put, let, me put a, let me put a question to you right let me put a yeah. question to you <clears throat> why do you think that is why do you think men suppress because of the way society
2: tells them to behave from like a really young age men are expected to you know mm. keep their emotions inside don't cry be bold be a man like be manly
0: but what does that even mean you know yeah well uh, and that's beautiful the way they've answered that is beautiful and something that I've been working on a lot recently and again work with the males that I work with is what it truly means to step into the authentic self but because actually what it means to be a man is to be fully fully in your power Right. And and actually this idea of suppression. Suppression is a weakness and it will take so much of your power away from you. And it creates such a uncomfortable internal world when we do not allow ourselves to truly feel, to acknowledge, to accept those feelings and to process those feelings. That's kind of the, the trauma cycle. Right. So many people experience so much discomfort because of suppression. And, and so we then get a, a lot of these guys who start, the, the, A, they're not being honest with themselves. That's, that's the first thing. Okay, I, And I think from the work that I have done with women compared to the work that I've done with men, women are far more in tune, far more aware. That The level of sort of maturation between the, the, the feminine energy and the masculine energy is quite different. I work with a lot of guys and they're just, yeah, everything's fine. Whether I'll I'll work with a woman, they'll be like, oh, no, this is going on and this is going on. There's that that automatic uh, vulnerability. And so this is what I'm really working on to encourage guys is that actually vulnerability is so courageous. And it's really hard. That was something that I struggled with and still have had chapters where I have struggled with it. Especially in the context of relationships that's where a lot of people fall short is what it truly means to be okay with being your authentic self not a version of yourself that you think you need to be because that is exhausting living a lie is exhausting and if you are living a lie you're not fulfilled so you will look for other ways to seek fulfillment or to feel that false sense of, of fulfillment and so for men in society it's the big bodies and uh, you know emphasis on getting loads of money and belongings. this sort of toxic materialistic world. They, they, they fall short there and they climb the ladder and they're earning more money and they're working every hour, God sends, and they're all miserable. And so they all go and get wasted on weekends or the, the rate of drug use and casual use of cocaine and stuff and steroid use, it's rife, absolutely rife. And, and it's because, There is a fear of what it means, to be honest, with yourself first, which as far as I'm concerned is the first step of self-compassion. If you don't accept yourself and you're not accepting what's going on, you're really going to struggle to change or you're changing from a place of pain. This is what I'm really keen to work on is spreading that message amongst men to, to actually reframe what being vulnerable means. Right? I'm not expecting people to jump online on inst- and start doing Instagram stories and crying. That's, we don't, you know, that, that's, that's, that we don't need that. Just, just talk to me, right? If I go out for a drink with you and if we're hanging out and I ask you how you're doing, tell me how you're doing. Don't give me the version that you think I want to hear because we all know it as well. and, and this is the interesting thing in the context of relationships, you know, think of interactions that you've had with your partners or with some of of your male friends for example in the past and you just know you just know the chat and shit or you just know something's wrong and you just want to shake them and be like stop it stop pretending i don't need to know how work's going stop with all this superficial shit chat i want to know how you're doing whereas when you get you know when you get a circle of women all coming together they're great at doing that so, so the the aim is now to like Let's, let's start using models and mirroring aspects of what you guys do because you do it so well. Let's teach guys that it is a complete strength. So I appreciate I've gone off on a little bit of a tangent there, but it really means something to me. I'm good at doing the tangents thing, right? We, we, we found this out during our last call. But yeah, there's a piece that we've just gone off on. I hope that helps.
1: It was amazing, Rory, and it definitely led to so many points we can now discuss. <laughs> I've been trying to make some notes while while you were uh, you're talking, and we can see you're passionate about it. And it's something, obviously, we're passionate about as well. Definitely, I also see that in my girl versus boy relationships that I'm just talking, for example, with like Selena and my we have this honest relationship where when something is wrong, we tell something is wrong. And then there's some relationships when I feel like the phrase, how are you? It's just a generalization. And that's actually something which I'm a a bit sad about in the English language. It's a thing where people ask in passing each other in the hallway, like, how are you? And then the answer you're supposed to give is, yeah, I'm fine. How are you? So like this Mm. whole thing of like, how
0: are you doing actually is kind of getting lost a bit. Um, Absolutely. And that's really interesting because when I was in Estonia a couple of years back, they don't do that like the, 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 the how are you they don't do the small talk thing and i think that's quite common in, in you know lots of parts of europe it is something which has been i don't know not
1: annoying but it's been something which i i didn't like because i am also interested in actually how like you know how people are i want to know yeah. how they feel what is like their issue like do they have something to
0: talk about if they want and there's a difference isn't there in so it's it's how we go about asking our questions because Think of your typical small talk. One of the most frequently asked questions I get is, what do you do? You know, that's that's the thing that we all talk about. It's like the safe topic. Let's talk about work. Whereas I like to do the, almost like the, who are you? Tell me about yourself, not just the work thing. Tell me all about you. I want to know your stories. Tell me where you've been. Tell me what learnings you've had. That's why I love talking to older people and really, really old people. And some of the, the questions that I will ask them is not like, you know, how you're doing, because I know how they're doing, they're old and they're decrepit, but I'll ask them about, you know, who are you, tell me all about your life, tell me what things you've learned, what advice would you give, you know, to a 30-year-old, 31-year-old man at this stage of the game? Those kind of conversations are so much more engaging than just that, and this this is the problem, I think, that so many people experience in today's society. We have become so socially isolated, which is ironic considering how technically speaking, connected, right? I'm using that term loosely, how connected we all are. I can contact someone on the other half of the world for crying out loud. So we've got this level of social interaction, but why are we so socially isolated? And, and I think this is an interesting question for everyone, listeners included, to really feel into, and it's because things just get more and more superficial. The topics of conversation become more superficial. What people are striving for becomes more superficial. We've lost the art of what it means to just truly be.
2: Exactly. And I feel like it's become really hard as well. It's become really uncomfortable for people to talk about these deeper things. There was one episode from your podcast as well. You were talking about relationships, how your past, your eating disorder, like your mental health issues have affected how you relate to other people. So maybe if you could touch on that and also for maybe the men out there who like to be more vulnerable within their relationships like how can they go about and do that?
0: Wicked questions so first and foremost the thing I struggled with in the context of relationships was a fear of being vulnerable and, and again when we look at the like fear as an emotion this fear of vulnerability really what's underlying that is a fear of judgment. And really fear of judgment is a fear of the loss of love. And the fear of a loss of love is deeply ingrained in each and every one of us. Because as soon as we are born into this world, is in need of everybody requires being seen, being heard, being loved. Okay. So that's the biggest thing that we're most fearful of is losing it. The ironic thing is, is that our fear of losing it means that we are willing to settle for connection than for what it means to be deeply Deeply integrated in love. I really do believe that we've, we've settled for the, the crumbs of connection than what it means to truly be in love, to truly feel. So, my thing was this fear of vulnerability. I i, I felt scared to talk to my girlfriend at the time because I thought she's going to think I'm nuts. I wake up every day and I'm thinking about food and that I need to be leaner and da 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 da, da right? And I have to go and train. Oh, I can't go out for dinner until I've been to the gym. It's like, what? what's i can't tell people those kind of things so that was the fear piece and we master what we do often i became unhelpfully excellent at acting which is ironic because i wanted to be an actor so i was really good at performing i was amazing at telling people i was okay i had this big personality so the external self yeah you wouldn't have really known that there was a right lot going on but but the internal world, and and here's an interesting piece we've been talking about, suppression. When we suppress, the way I want you to think about suppression, it is a form of self-hatred, because actually being vulnerable and speaking your truth is a form of self-compassion. It is one of the most beautiful, rawest forms of self-love. So suppression is the opposite. Suppression is self-hatred. So I I hated myself because I was never being true to myself. Even after recovering from the eating disorder, I still saw how that path to me showed itself in the context of relationships where, you know, something would happen that I wouldn't be okay with or something that was said that's, you know, maybe brought up a little bit of something inside and feeling a little bit hurt or pissed off or whatever. I wouldn't say. I wouldn't say because I was scared of the confrontation. I was scared of the fear of the loss of love. So you just don't say anything. And because you don't say anything, the, this little niggle of resentment grows within us, within everybody. This this molehill, now I'm dealing with a mountain, and this mountain's so big and so scary and I'm so put off by the other person because there's been so much stuff that I haven't dealt with, then I just run off. Literally, just just leave the relationship. So the biggest piece for me moving forwards has been about A, what it means to be truly honest with myself. The relationship that we have with ourselves, this is a really important thing, the relationship we have with ourselves is very much a mirror of the relationship you have with other people. So if you have kind of flaky relationships with other people, step into yourself. What's going on with you? How flaky are you with you, right? Are you showing up truly for yourself or are you a yes man or woman? You just say yes to everything all the time. This is something i picked up on so much with with clients I've been working with recently. Such low self-esteem, And the reason is, is because they are never in their truth. They give out their power to everybody all the time. Yeah, I'll do that. Yeah, I'll do that. Why? Because the people pleasing mentality, why do we people please? Well, it's our, it's a superficial way of getting some form of connection. We're born with this innate need for love and attachment. And we will settle for any crummy form of it that we can get our hands on. And this is what I'm encouraging people again, to have this level of awareness when it comes to the relationship with themselves. It is only when you're aware of what is going on in your own internal world that you can then start to do the work. The majority of problems I think we experience in today's society is that most people will try and deal with their internal wounds with external solutions. This is where I see the the man or the woman just going from one relationship to another relationship to another relationship. we see the casual drug use or alcohol use or any form of addictive behavior but again it's through our level of awareness that we're then starting the process of of change i hope that all makes sense
1: that makes perfect sense and i i love the the how did you say with the mirror like the way you feel is the mirror of how you treat others so that is yeah definitely something to keep in mind did have like a bit of a back question as well though you spoke about it how and that you overcome your eating disorder but how did you manage so how did you manage to open up
0: there's that expression isn't there that when you're at like the bottom of the bottom of the bottom there is only one way you know back up and I remember I'd had such a shit day it was just like one thing after the next after the next after the next and I was driving and I was driving over a bridge and I was like I wanna, I just wanna drive off the bridge. I, ju- I don't wanna be alive anymore. I'm so sick of this horrible, incessant chit chat that I'm not good enough and that my body's shit. And just uh, all the time, just this complete internal world of self-hatred. And I remember uh, getting over the bridge and pulling into like a lay-by and I called my mum. And I just burst into tears. They knew that, that things weren't right, but they just didn't know what it was and they didn't know how to help me because I wasn't talking. So, so that was the catalyst of just being like, I'm so unhappy, mum, and I just don't want to be here anymore. That was the catalyst. And, and from there then, it was about A, the combination of the self-exploration to, to change my internal world. And that was what really sparked my, oh, wow, the power of the mind. And how the mind so impacts the body, you know, as you, as you think, so you become, this is the problem that so many people experience. So if we can change the way that we think and the way that we do that is by changing, you know, the filters that we're using on the information that we're taking in and the beliefs that we hold, because remember beliefs aren't aren't truths. They're just your truth. When I do belief change work with individuals, it, it is remarkable how this, belief this thought replicated over time has so drastically and negatively impacted the life of an individual so yeah combination of self-exploration and going and working with some incredible people that's that's the journey that i've been on and and here's what i want to say to anybody who's listening to this and is either in a recovery journey or is contemplating what that recovery journey looks like i'm not going to come on this show and say like oh yeah it's a breeze it's really hard it's really hard and there will be times where you very much regress. There'll be times we have setbacks. There'll be times where you have, have self-perceived failures, right? That doesn't mean you are a failure. Those are just your opportunities to gather your, your uh, tools back together, right? And to, to move on. And, and this is something that I love talking about with everybody that I work with and with any podcast show that I go on with is discomfort. We live in a society where we long for ease. We want the easy life. We don't grow through ease. We grow through this dis-ease. We grow through discomfort. So I'm forever grateful for the challenges, the battles and the, the demons that I have faced over the years because it's made me a very, very strong man today. 100%.
2: I can resonate with most of what you said. I struggled with an eating disorder for almost like eight years and it literally literally destroyed my life for like these eight years. And it was such a big journey to come to where I am now, but I'm so grateful to have been through that, just because it gave me so much insight into who I am, what I actually want from life, what it means to own my life, you know, what it means to design what I want for myself. As you said, it's all about diving deep into who you are. It doesn't have to be for an eating disorder. It can be for any mental health issues or any problems you have in your life. It's like so you have to stop at some point. Be like, okay, where am I now? What do I actually want from life? Do I love myself? And if I don't, then why? I think for me, like self-love, self-appreciation, self-respect was, you know, I had to sort of go through that to recover.
0: Something that you picked up on, which is beautiful and incredibly powerful, is that something that contributed enormously to your recovery was asking yourself the question, what do I want from life? And, and this is something that not a lot of people ask themselves. And, and a beautiful expression I have with individuals I'm working with is recovery or a part of recovery is having a pleasure which is greater than your pain because a lot of people know exactly what they don't want. I'm sick of this life. I don't want to feel like this. I don't want to do this. It's like, okay, what do you want? It dumbfounds people often when you ask them that question because they're like, well, I've told you what I want. I don't want this. I'm like, no, 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 no. What do you want? What do you want your life to be like? Let's work on you getting to the point where you're living the life that you want. And now I am living the life that I want. Recovery is 100% possible. That's always what I want to tell people as well. It is possible. The reason so many people will say, "Oh, I can't do this. I can't do this," is because the easiest images to project into our future are the ones that we already have experience of. So, if you have crappy images from your past, you're just projecting those crappy images into your future. That's not a good base to work from. Does that makes sense?
1: I, I liked how you turned it into positive. I love mm. to see, like, you know, like how your journey became like you, you are now, and how you lived the life to the fullest, and to be honest, like I feel like for myself, I'm still on the journey, especially now with this PhD life where you have to kind of get all the motivation for yourself. And it's a it's a long journey of four years. So um, but I'm yeah. excited for what it's at the end. And then I'm hoping I can then move towards this living life to the fullest.
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. Absolutely. and And this is an interesting thing. So I'm hearing that, right? I'm hearing that you've got this PhD on. I'm hearing you've got loads of this stuff on. I will work with a number of people who will say, oh, yeah, well, just when I've done this, then. And I'm thinking, so what? You've got this PhD for four years, and then you'll be okay, and then you'll be happy, and then you'll get to live live the life that you want. So it's like, so what? The next four years sound like hell. So, again, that's when, when we can start to bring it back and say, okay, well, how can we start bringing some of those things in now? Lots of people... Waste lots of time doing lots of things that they don't want to do Lots of people also waste lots of time on social media when we start to figure out how much time people are wasting We can actually start to take so much of that time back to start doing the shit that you want to do Right, so so I would yeah, I would say to you on that one. is like Make sure that this journey. Yeah, of course, it's going to be challenging and yeah the hardships of the study, etc Hey Make sure it's as fun as it can possibly be along the way. All that exists right now, and it's not even today, it's just this moment. So all that exists right now is you and me having this fun conversation together. All that exists for the listeners right now is whenever they listen to this episode, them listening to this episode right now. That is the only thing that exists. An hour ahead doesn't exist. Yesterday doesn't exist. Tomorrow doesn't exist. It's just the here and the now. So that's why I often have these frequent check-ins with myself throughout the day. Where's my state? at? How am I feeling? What's going on? What do I need? We live in a very, very uh, yang society. Yang is the the on-the-go, the productivity, the work hard. Okay, And that's great, but we have to understand there's another integral component to this, which is the yin where do we practice the stillness? Where do we practice the calming down? Where do we practice, again, the just being? And okay with just being, not being uncomfortable with just sitting there and thinking, what am I doing? You know, I need to be on my phone in order to preoccupy myself. It's like, no, stop. Just learn just to sit and just take some time out. So yeah, that's a really important thing for everybody. Because otherwise, how on earth can you serve other people? Let If you're not serving yourself, to your to its fullest potential how can you be serving others
2: so maybe we can just get into um i found a question with us all I guess, which is what is your favorite word or quote and why
0: speak your truth even if your voice shakes and I just started to uh, get some tattoos when I was over in Mexico. So I've got a little skull on my arm. And that is a reminder to get out of your head and into your body. So those would be my two. I'm cheating because I've put in two. But speak your truth, even if your voice shakes. And get out of your head and into your body. Your head is your home, right? Your body is your home. But we're so disconnected, we tend to spend so much time up in our heads. And if you consider the narrative and the fact that statistically around of the automatic thoughts we have on a day-to-day basis are negative and disempowering. That's why so many people feel negative and disempowered, because they're living up in their heads. The mind is just a thought-producing mechanism. The mind is not the whole body in its entirety. So learning to separate the two is very powerful. In terms of the speak your truth, even if your voice shakes, me not speaking my truth created the biggest problems in my life, in my relationships, in my relationship with myself. In, in every aspect of my life, it impacted everything. And the reason why I add the even if your voice shakes is because it's scary, you know, and you will feel that fear. But I encourage you to lean into it because the more you do, the better you will become at doing it. And the final piece to it is that when you don't speak your truth, when you just hold on and when you suppress, that is when so many problems arise in your relationship with self because you just start hating on yourself because you're not being true. So, yeah.
2: Thank you. So
1: nice. Beautiful. Yeah, I like it. Perfect ending. Yes. Yeah. Um, and
2: it ties look, nicely thanks. into, I think I was listening to one of the episodes you made. Is it? Is he called Callum? No, it's not Callum. Um, your co-host. Roy. Yeah. You guys were talking about ownership and how that means owning your ship. But I think it ties really nicely into what you were saying about Don't get too much into your head. Make sure there's space between your mind and your body. And for me, that means own your shit, like own who
0: you are. And and the owning your shit piece is, uh, it's about what it means to take responsibility. Own every bit of your shit. And the shit's the bad stuff too, right? The the good and the bad, own all of it. That's what it means to truly be authentic. And that's where the magic happens. When you own your shit, then you get to do some cool stuff.
2: Thank you so much for listening today. We really hope you enjoyed this conversation with Rory as much as we did and now feel more confident about connecting with yourself on a deeper level and speaking your authentic voice. To all the men out there, we hope that this inspired you to question some of the stereotypes around men's mental health and show your emotions instead of hiding them away. Check out the show notes to find out more about Rory's work and listen to his own podcast.
1: And as always, we would really appreciate it if you could rate and subscribe to this podcast, as well as share it around you so that we can reach and empower more people to elevate their lives. If you wish to support our work, please check out our link tree where you can find a link to donate. See you next week for another exciting episode. Bye.